0: welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to continue our Candidate On Air uh, program where we're going to feature candidates uh, this next month in those running for the US Senate, those running for other offices for Congress and also for governor. This is all the races that will be on the ballot in 2022 and it's approaching very quickly as uh, the 2021 is coming to an end as we're entering into the fall season. But a lot of candidates are already out there meeting with Ohioans and talking issues and that's what we're going to be doing because there's going to be a wide field of candidates that so we want to give you an opportunity as the voters to hear from them as they discuss important issues. I want to take a moment to thank those of you that came out to the Ohio Christian Alliance Freedom Banquet as we celebrated thirty years of public service at the Akron Fairlawn Hilton. We had a great evening as we had Bill Federer from the American Minute as our keynote speaker, other special guests as well. All the information is on our website want to thank you for your support and, of course, all those who contributed and support the Ohio Christian Alliance and our ongoing mission of advocating for life, faith, and freedom in the public square. Well, there are a lot of issues that are in front of us right now as Ohioans, as last year, the shutdown during the COVID-19 really affected small business across the state of Ohio. Also, of course, there is a Uh, influx of illegal aliens pouring over the southern border, and it continues, not just those from Central America, but now it's a Haitian uh, immigrant uh, uh, caravan that is traversing the uh, uh, Texas border, and the Biden administration is doing nothing to stop it. Uh, we're going to talk about that because it is an Ohio problem, as we have seen buses, of federal government actually bringing in uh, some of these illegal aliens uh, as it's a catch-and-release kind of situation. They don't deport them immediately, folks. They bring them to your neighborhood and mine. And unfortunately, they're going to be drawing on public services. And these are people that are here illegally. They didn't come Uh, through the proper exchange of uh, immigration into this country. They're coming in illegally, and they're pouring over in historic numbers on the southern border. With me on the phone is Jim Renacci. He is a former congressman. He served in the 16th Congressional District for several terms, and also now he is running for governor. Jim, welcome to the program.
2: Well, good afternoon, Chris, and thank you for having me.
1: Well, thank you. I saw your post up today because... We're seeing uh, both Senator Portman and other congressmen have talked about the Afghans that are coming into the country. Now, of course, uh, there were those who were actually processed as United States citizens as they served us in their own home nation of Afghanistan. But when we saw the melee of the terrible closure of the American presence in Afghanistan, uh, there was such a uh, hectic situation. There were people loaded onto those planes bound for the United States, not of which was they were vetted. And the concern is now these weren't U.S. citizens. They could have been part of the Taliban undercover, and now they've been released into the U.S., and they're going to make their way to uh, states like Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Ohio. And then, of course, we see what's happening at the southern border. I myself have witnessed uh, U.S. government buses a couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning, and I looked and then lo and behold, it is said that the U.S. military was helping to uh, move around the country these illegals that were being processed at the southern border. This is all summer long, and they're coming to Ohio as well. Jim, and you made a statement today in one of the videos and said, why aren't we caring for our veterans? Why aren't we caring for our homeless veterans and, and the people in our state that have yet to recover from the shutdown of last year, and yet we're taking in this influx of other uh, illegal immigrants uh, into the state. It doesn't make sense and that our governor is doing nothing about it. Your thoughts?
2: Well, Chris, that's exactly right. I mean, as I travel the state and I see so much that uh, of, of loss, people have lost their jobs, people have lost their businesses, but also homeless veterans. I'm, I'm working with a group that's taking care of homeless veterans as well. We need to fix our own issues first before we bring more people in. That's such a simple decision we should be making. We have a state that today can't take care of those that are here. We have an unemployment system that's broken. We have a Medicaid system that's broken. We have all these systems that are broken, and yet we're bringing more people in. Look, as Christians, you want to help anyone you can. I understand that, but let's help those that are here first. Let's help those that are legal Uh, you know, legal citizens coming back, maybe citizens that that want to come back to Ohio that were here before. But we can't fix everybody's issues right now when we can't even fix our own right here back home. So I have said all along, the idea of bringing more people in this state, and it's one of the reasons why they're unvetted. Uh, We now have three of the four most dangerous cities in the state. I was talking to a uh, a lawyer uh, in the, in the, Columbus area two days ago who was telling me, Jim, what's happening is all these illegals are coming in. Uh, They're getting sanctuary. We have sanctuary cities around our state. And now the problem is many of them aren't vetted and the crimes are starting to spread out of the cities and into the suburbs. But look at our cities right now. We have, uh, you know, Cleveland, the second most dangerous city in the country per capita. Akron, the fifth most dangerous city in the country per capita. Dayton is right up there, Cincinnati is 12th, and we have some of the most dangerous cities because we aren't taking care of our own first.
1: You know, that's a great point you make. Of course, as Christians, we want to help those who need help, but right now, as a state, and I agree with you, I've talked to small businessmen, I've talked to families who run small businesses who are just now uh, trying to get back up on their feet after last year's shutdown, where it wasn't any fault of their own, but the government literally shut their doors, where they kept open some of the big box stores like Walmart or Target or some of these big uh, inter, uh, national and international businesses. But the small mom-and-pop shops, they're the ones who suffered most during the COVID-19. And I, I mentioned to you yesterday we were down in Wooster, Ohio, for an event, And we saw some of the closed uh, shops that were on Main Street. And Wooster is a great little town. It's it's indicative of the small towns across Ohio that make up this great state. And my wife and I, when we travel, we visit to some of these areas, some of which have been hit hard economically. So, you know, right now you know, for the governor to be talking about uh, the great economy recovery, that is, I got to tell you, that really doesn't settle right with me, because I know that there's a lot of people still struggling. And if it wasn't for the federal government doling out uh, money that we can ill afford to print and distribute, uh, people want to get back to work. But the fact is, is that you know, there's inhibitors here in the state of Ohio, and the last thing we need to do is be taking in an influx of people that need uh, some help on the dole, and the fact is you've got to really uh, fix your own problem here before we can take on and absorb others who might ne- need our help. I agree with you uh, completely. And I think the sentiment of the Ohio voter is just that. So I think you're really striking a note with people out there, Jim, on that issue. Let's talk about small business because, you know, you're not, you're not a politician. You actually run a business most of your life. You've employed people. Tell us last... Uh, Tell us about what what last year meant to small business as you go around the state and talk to these mom-and-pop shops.
2: Well, Chris, I will tell you, uh, I came here 39 years ago, and I started my first business. I went from one business to 60 businesses, created over 1,500 jobs, and employed over 3,000 people all throughout this state. So I've been in all the small towns from Pipedon to Wellston, all these little towns throughout the state. And now as I travel them, They're just decimated because the governor shut down the decisions that he made where he said, you know, this is an essential business. This is not an essential business. These small businesses are struggling. I met a couple in southern Ohio, and I'll never forget, in tears, she came up to me and said, you know what, uh, Congressman, I would take COVID. And I had COVID. That's what she said. I had COVID and my husband had COVID. But we've lost everything with these shutdowns and closures and mandates that I'm going to lose my house now. I may lose my ability to even help my children get their education because their children were in college. And she said, I would take COVID five times or six times over then have to go through these shutdowns again. And it shows you the sentiment of people. People have, you know, the governor and many of these politicians never had stay up all night trying to decide how they're going to make payroll. They just make these rules that even I've had to fight with. I mean, Chris, one of the reasons why I ran for Congress was the federal government getting involved in taking my business away from me, my Chevy business. But it even goes back further. The state of Ohio many years ago also infringed on my rights with retroactive taxes, and I had to fight them for 12 or 14 years all the way to the Supreme Court. And I can tell you, it's always these mandates, it's always this overreach of the state and federal government that hurts small businesses more and more. People just want to be able to work, make a living, and live the American dream. And when we have governors and presidents who overreach like we have today, these are the issues that are causing so much pain and despair to so many of of the small businesses around the state.
1: One of the things that we saw during the Trump administration is a common-sense approach to America First agenda. Uh, you uh, actually ran for U.S. Senate a few years ago. You were endorsed by President Trump, and you embraced that uh, when you were in Congress, the America First uh, agenda. But it seems like uh, government sometimes overthinks the situation, actually comes the problem instead of a state straightforward approach where it literally should be the citizens first rather than government getting in front of the way. And I know that that's your logic going forward. But looking here on your website, we're seeing a lot of challenges that people are faced with right now. Is last year also, the government was giving out in historic numbers unemployment benefits uh, that didn't match uh, what the need was. In other words, they were paying more uh, to people not to work than to work. What kind of effect did that have on small business as well in the state of Ohio? What were you hearing from uh, small businessmen?
2: Well, here's what's interesting, Chris. In 2019, the state of Ohio, Governor DeWine, was told that his unemployment system would not handle even the slightest downturn by the federal government. That was in March of 2019. In September of 2019, the Legislative Service Commission also told the governor, that the unemployment system would not handle even the slightest downturn. I tell you that because then in March we had COVID and we had a serious downturn and the unemployment system totally collapsed. But at the same time, the federal government came out and said, We're going to not only pay you unemployment, we're going to pay you an additional $300. So in Ohio, it, the problem was magnified because nobody could tell who was getting it, why they were getting it. People were on unemployment longer. Chris, I even received a letter that said I was approved for unemployment and I had not even applied for it. And I've heard story after story after story like this. So if you think about it, if you're a business owner and you're trying to employ somebody in Ohio and they're getting unemployment benefits, even if they're not supposed to, and we have a system that's broken that we now know billions of dollars were lost because of The the governor and lieutenant governor not fixing the system in 2019. Billions were lost. Uh, Well, if you think about it, that's what the challenges were for the small business owner. How could the small business owner keep employees when half of the people were able to stay out, stay unemployed, continue to get checks even though jobs were available? The system still is not fixed. The Ohio unemployment system still has massive problems and it hasn't been fixed. And I blame Governor Dwine and Lieutenant Governor Eusted for this issue. Lieutenant Governor Eusted was in charge of this when he was asked by one of the people I, was, I talked to about getting unemployment when she shouldn't have. He said, hey, the system's broken. I can't fix it. That is not the answer you want from leaders. And that's why small businesses were struggling across the state, not only because of the additional money that was coming to them, but because we have a system that's so broken that anybody can get unemployment. It's a sad un- situation.
1: That's right. The unemployment uh, fraud that took place uh, that where checks were going out, they were applying in the name of Ohioans, uh, and it went out, uh, and there was billions. And I asked uh, different government leaders here in Ohio what they intended to do to try to recover some of that money. It, some of it went internationally. Some of it was domestically. And they really didn't have an answer as to how they were going to recover that money. And uh, yet it was the unemployment fraud that took place in a very poor system. And I agree with you, Jim, it was a terrible state of affairs. It did happen in other states as well. It happened nationally. But at the end of the day, it's the taxpayers' money. It's our our children and grandchildren's money. And uh, this is part of the loss and the incompetence of government. So, again, I agree with you. We need to hold political officials accountable on this issue. And it seems as if they're getting a pass, but you're out there raising the issues, and we appreciate that. You know, as you go out and you speak to small groups across the state of Ohio, Jim, and I know you've been on the road for a while, and you continue uh, almost daily getting out there and meeting with uh, Ohioans, what are the kinds of concerns that they're talking about presently? Uh, about this as well. Of course, still trying to recover from the losses of last year, but what are the things that concern the most right
2: now? Well, their biggest concern, Chris, is that they don't have a governor who will stand up to them, stand up for them. Uh, you know, they talk about our governor DeSantis so often and how even when the federal government mandates things, you have DeSantis saying, no, you're not going to mandate that. No, federal government, you're not going to push that. And here we have a state where we have a governor who you know, continues to say, well, I don't like this, but he doesn't step up for anybody. And that's their biggest issue, whether today, whether it was mandates on masks in the past or, you know, vaccinations now are a big issue. We got the, we got President Biden saying that uh, have to get vaccinated. Nursing homes have to get vaccinated. Employees, you know, the employees in nursing homes. And you don't have a governor stepping up and saying, we're not going to do that. We do have an attorney general who stepped up, thank goodness, but we don't have a governor who steps up and stands up for the people. And the biggest issue I hear right now and the biggest concern, although concerns continue to change. I mean, last year it was mask mandates and closures and, you know, uh, <clears throat> essential businesses, not essential businesses. Today, we're now into the vaccination mandates and people are just sick and tired of the government saying you are going to be required to get a vaccination. That re- is really a key issue today. And I think we need a governor who's going to step up and say, no, we're not going to follow what the president of the United States says because the people don't want that. Chris, we're going to have a health care crisis in our state and in our country if we're requiring health care workers to have to get vaccinated when they don't want to.
1: Jim, that's a great point you make, and it's very personal to me, and I've testified on this very program that that hit our family with. My wife was being mandated as a RN for vaccination, and we're actually helping people to apply for exemptions, both health and religious exemptions. Uh, Now, her exemption, her religious exemption was accepted, as well as some of her other fellow workers in in a local hospital, and we're thankful for that. But people are facing this every day. I spoke to a church down in Worcester last night that was packed, And these were people who uh, work in Fortune 500 companies. They work in large companies. Some of them work for the federal government. And they wanted to know how they could apply for exemptions. They had concerns about the vaccine. Now, again, they're not anti-vax. There are those in the room. In fact, there were people in the room that had the vaccination. And they were there supporting those who were losing their freedoms and possibly their jobs over a vaccine mandate that's coming down now from the federal government. Now, of course, some businesses have moved on their own accord to, va- uh, to mandate the vaccine, and we're helping people to uh, process and file for exemptions. And again, these are health reasons, personal reasons, and religious reasons. People have good reasons why they may not want to take the experimental vaccine. We still call it that because even the Pfizer appro- FDA-approved was with conditions. It has benchmarks. It's not fully approved, and that's a misnomer as well. And, of course, the Johnson & Johnson and the Moderna uh, shots are not uh, uh, approved. And even uh, the FDA, uh, excuse me, the CDC voted in a 16-2 to 2 measure not to approve widespread usage of the booster shots. So this thing is still in flux. Uh, how we might get through this at the end. Like Governor DeWine said, we want to get through this. Well, we all do. Of course, we're all hoping the vaccine would work. The the, the vaccines are having some issues, but it looks like we might get there by herd immunity eventually. And uh, that might be the way that we get through this thing. But the fact is people should have the individual right to either take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, not be forced and threatened of their employment, especially those who were frontline workers last year. Like you said, Jim, uh, these hospital systems, it's Ohio's number one employer, are hospital systems in the medical profession, and they're facing uh, a mandate. And we're talking 90,000, as of just about 10 days ago, 90,000 healthcare workers who are not vaccinated. And if they're not vaccinated at this point, they may not want to get vaccinated. That's a lot of health care workers. And if they're being threatened with termination of their employment, folks, we're going to have a health care crisis. Jim, you are so right. Your thoughts?
2: Well, I would 100 percent agree with you. And and I look back at what this governor said when he divided Ohio by saying there are those that are vaccinated and those that are not vaccinated. He should be talking about making sure that people's rights are protected, and especially these health care workers. I mean, I I'm very concerned about the uh, the healthcare crisis that's coming down the road when we don't have enough healthcare workers. When we, you know, we know that we're getting more and more hospitalizations, the nursing homes are um, having their problems, and yet now they're going to ask. I mean, as far as staffing, and now we're going to ask everybody to be vaccinated for for 40 percent of the people or 50 percent who don't want to be vaccinated. It's going to be a real issue. So. This is the issue. As I travel the state, I keep hearing this overreach um, and people just want their freedoms. I want their freedoms. They want their rights. They don't want to be mandated to wear masks. They don't want to be mandated to, uh, to have a vaccination. It's pretty basic freedoms that our governor and our elected officials should be standing up for the people that people are so frustrated with across this state. And that's why, again, I jumped into the race. I, I, I was never I never believed that Governor DeWine was going to be a good candidate, a good governor. And I can tell you two and a half years later, we're seeing what happens when you have somebody who's really never managed a business, run a business, or really had lived outside the political world. And I think that's the real issue.
1: We're talking with Jim Renese, his former congressman of the 16th Congressional District. He has announced his intention to run for governor in 2022. Uh, we're also going to talk here, Jim, in the closing minutes about critical race theory. You brought this up in your campaign. Uh, I have talked to people all across the state of Ohio that are running for local school boards because they see this very divisive uh, theory being implemented in Ohio schoolrooms. And Governor DeWine actually appointed members to the state school board who endorsed a resolution to promulgate critical race theory. Your thoughts on that?
2: Well, another big issue. And again, that's why I am helping and I'm traveling the state and I'm pushing for people to get on school boards. It's a necessity that we start taking back our schools because we can't have a school board and a governor who's pushing critical race theory. I just 100 percent disagree with that. And And for your listeners, you're exactly right. He appointed eight members who all endorsed critical race theory. That is a serious issue. We should have a governor like Governor DeSantis, who has said, I am not going, if, if you use critical race theory in your curriculum, you're going to lose state funding. That's the kind of governor we need, and that's what the people are asking for. And as your listeners hear this show, I hope they're stepping up and running for these local offices. We need people to get engaged and involved.
1: Jim, thank you so much for being my guest today. Again, Jim Renesey. And the website is JimRenacy.com. If you want to follow Jim's campaign and also follow him by way of signing up for his email list, that's Jim Renace for Governor and JimRenacy.com. Jim, thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Chris.
1: God bless you, my friend. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at OhioCA.org. Stay tuned. We're going to be hearing from Jane Timken. She's running for U.S. Senate. She is a candidate. Uh, in a broad field of candidates, and we'll be hearing from her next. Stay tuned.
0: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization
1: The following is a previously aired broadcast.
0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long.
1: Good afternoon, and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to continue our candidate series today, and we're going to be talking to a Senate candidate that's running for the U.S. Senate. But before we do, we want to talk to you about the Ohio Christian Alliance Annual Freedom Banquet, and this year we're celebrating 30 years of public service to the people of faith in the state of Ohio, and we're looking forward to a great time together this Friday night, six PM is the reception. Seven o'clock is the dinner. You can register at our website at ohioca.org. Uh, tickets are just seventy-five dollars, and we still have some reg- reservations open. We'd love for you to join us. Bill Feder of the American Minute will be our keynote speaker. Also, going to have Melly Miller who will be leading us in patriotic music. Our MC for the evening is Salem's Bob Burney from uh, Columbus. He'll be our MC for the evening. In fact, Bob's going to be doing his radio program live from the hotel. He's going to be interviewing some of our guests that day. Uh, uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose will also be with us. I don't know if many Ohioans know, he still is serving as a reservist in the U.S. Army, and he was called away just for the last couple of weeks uh, in back into service, into the reserves. And so he is certainly um still serving our country in many ways, but he'll be talking about the redistrict draw that's going on right now as ohio we, uh, the census has concluded we are losing one congressional seat uh, for those of us who have been around for a while we've lost eight congressional seats since nine uh, since forty in the last forty years since nineteen eighty we have lost eight congressional seats so Well, Ohio's lost some population, uh, or the other states have picked picked it up. We look at Florida, Tennessee, the Carolinas, Texas, uh, they're picking up congressional seats. But even New York and California, this go-around, are losing congressional seats. But we only lose one this time, and so I guess we can be thankful for that. We'll have 15 congressional seats, and then, of course, the Ohio House and the Ohio Senate, those redraw of those lines are taking place. We talked about that a few weeks ago with Brian Williams on this program. We'll be having the Secretary of State join us in the next couple weeks to discuss uh, what will the final maps look like for the redistrict draw of Ohio House, Ohio Senate, and Congress. Well, as we uh, look to 2022, we have a U.S. Senate race that's coming. Uh, Senator Portman has retired from office. He will not run for reelection. So that has left the seat open, and there have been a number of Republicans that have announced their intention to run. With me on the phone is one of them. Uh, She is the only lady in the race that I'm aware of, and that is Jane Timpkin, the former Ohio Republican Party chairwoman. She stepped down from that role to run for the U.S. Senate, and she brings her expertise of uh, running campaigns, working with campaigns, into this, her own campaign, to run for U.S. Senate. Jane, welcome to the program.
5: Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you.
1: Well, I've been following you on Facebook, and I see that you're out there meeting with lots of Ohioans. Of course, when you were uh, the party chairwoman, you didn't sit behind a desk. I've often told people that you were out there meeting with people across the state, actually working with candidates, going door-to-door. I actually don't re- remember other party chairmen actually doing that, but you actually did lit drops and door-to-door, and you worked with candidates, and so you are very hands-on kind of uh, chairwoman when you uh, served us as Ohio Republican Party chairwoman. And so uh, what's it like now as you're out there as a candidate talking to Ohioans, especially after the 2020 election, which I'm sure there's a lot on their minds right now. What are you hearing from the folks?
5: Well, great, Chris. Uh, We're having a great time on this campaign. As you know, I am the America First candidate, the grassroots candidate. I've been in the trenches fighting for our America First agenda for the last five years. I'm the only candidate in this race that's actually been endorsed by President Trump to be the chair of the Ohio Republican Party. He supported me to take on John Kasich's handpicked chair. And as you know, Chris, I'm not the kind of person that easily sits on the sidelines. I've been in that fight for our freedoms and our values since a a long time ago, and now I'm taking that fight to the U.S. Senate. I'm out every day talking to Ohio voters, and we're the only team that actually has a ground game. I have hundreds of great volunteers and hundreds of interns out knocking doors and making phone calls, talking to the Ohio voters. We've surpassed 400,000 voter contacts, and we're just getting started. You know, as I said, The way you win these races is you you talk to the Ohio voters, and my message is resonating, and that's the message of America first. And let me tell you, what I'm hearing from Ohio voters is they are up in arms about the disastrous policies of Joe Biden and the Democrats. And I've seen so many people fired up about what's happening to our country. We need to take our country back. That's why I'm in this fight.
1: Well, that's right. We have seen uh, the progressive left, Uh, Joe Biden. uh, They used him as a front man to be as a centrist uh, candidate. But anything's further from the truth. Uh, The radical left has taken control of the Biden administration. In fact, the president himself, many people wonder how much every day he's actually in control. And it's the people behind the curtain, as it were, who are actually controlling the agenda and that's got a lot of people concerned, and we can get to that a little later in the pro- program about that. But, you know, this most recent announcement that the president made or, you know, the administration concerning vaccines has caused great alarm and consternation among many people. In fact, we had on this program, uh, we had a uh, uh, discussion about religious exemption for vaccines. Uh, covid 19 vaccines because people have some concerns about the vaccines it's not for everybody we don't object to people obviously taking it we don't we're not anti-vaxxers but we're saying there are people for health and conscience and religious conscience of why they are not taking the vaccine but uh, let's hear a couple of the clips what the president said last week let's go to clip one
3: tonight I'm asking each of you to reach out to your unvaccinated patients over the next two weeks, and make a personal appeal to them to get the shot. America needs your personal involvement in this critical effort. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine has FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us.
1: You know, Jane, uh, those words by the President uh, just sent chills down the spine of a lot of people who heard that, the President saying, "Our, our patience is running thin. Let's go to the second clip. Before you comment, I want to hear this next one that he makes additional statements in the same speech last week. Let's go to clip two.
3: We have the tools to combat the virus. If we can come together as a country and use those tools, if we raise our vaccination rate, protect ourselves and others with masking, expanded testing and identify people who are infected, we can and we will turn the tide on COVID-19. It'll take a lot of hard work. It's going to take some time. Many of us are frustrated with the nearly 80 million Americans who are still not vaccinated, even though the vaccine is safe, effective and free.
1: Well, Jane, again, there's another statement frustrated with the 80 million Americans that are unvaccinated, dividing the people up between vaccinated and unvaccinated. Now, look, You know, we have said from the beginning that, you know, the vaccine was available for those who wanted to get the vaccine, those who had pre-existing conditions or felt compromised or felt safe to take the experimental vaccine. And they did. There were others, however, either for health reasons, as it's still an experimental drug. And regardless of what he says about the FDA approval, that was only with Pfizer, one of the vaccines, It's not even the one that's uh, distributed in this country currently. It's a a propaganda piece. I'm sorry, we have to call it out for what it is. It's not been fully approved. Even Pfizer has backed off, or the FDA is saying, there's benchmarks with this approval over the next few years, and yet there's findings, scientific findings, medical findings, that there are problems and complications with the vaccine. So, again, not for everybody. And there are people with good health reasons why they're not taking the vaccine. That's their own personal choice. The other people religious conscience. And so, again, we were working with Matt Staver of Liberty Council on religious exemptions, because this this uh, they're almost like the vaccine mandate Nazis. I'm sorry, I don't know how what else to call them, Jane. I mean, this is threatening people's jobs, threatening their livelihoods, uh, you know, threatening their access to uh, the general public. I mean, I've never seen this before in my country. I'm 63 years old. I've never seen this kind of, uh, I'm going to just call it tyranny. So you're running for U.S. Senate. I'm going to ask all the candidates about this because this is, this is one we were hoping would be put behind us. We wouldn't be dealing with this. We thought so. We were all hoping that the vaccine would work. The fact is there's plenty of breakthrough cases with the vaccine. So, you know, COVID-19 may end up being put behind us by herd immunity in the end. But right now it looks as if there's going to be political football to be played yet. So your thoughts about the, the uh, president's statements and overbreach last week?
5: Oh, it was a stunning overreach and a stunning abuse of power, an unconstitutional, illegal mandate, in my opinion. And when Joe Biden makes comments about his patience is running thin with the American people, why is his patience not running thin with the the Taliban? Why is his patience not running thin at what's going on at the southern border? Why is his patience not running thin with the rising crime and inflation? These are all the issues the American people care about. He is abusing his power, and uh, you're absolutely right, Chris. This is a matter of equal protection under the law the Biden administration is uh, putting people into different boxes based on whether they're vaccinated or not. This is unconstitutional. It's absolutely wrong. I, we need to have people in the United States Senate who are going to stand up and introduce legislation to stop the Biden presidency from this edict. He is not a king. He's, You know, he has no power to do this, and we as the United States citizens should be standing up for our freedoms and our liberties. That's what this is about. I'm that America first candidate, and to me, our God-given constitutional rights are paramount, and they are above Joe Biden's ridiculous abuse of power.
1: You know, we saw a map that was released almost the next day uh, after this speech where it showed the states that were beginning to make statements that they intended to file suit against the federal government of these forced mandates on vaccine mandates on companies, on healthcare systems, uh, on individuals, and for employers. Uh, And so state after state, we were looking as to when Ohio would join. And by 1230 the next day, we did get a a statement by the governor and by the attorney general, Dave Yost, that they intended to file suit against the unconstitutional mandates from the federal government in regard to the COVID-19 vaccines. Again, still experimental. Only one's been partially approved by the FDA. And then there's, there's high drama here, Jane. I mean, two officials of the FDA right after that approval, which many believe that they were pressured by the administration to give an approval, uh, two top FDA officials resigned that very week. And then when the administration was pushing for boosters, uh, in fact, I think the president originally said that by September the 20th, we'd start rolling out a booster shot. They started to slow walk that and saying, well, wait, not so fast. Just before the Labor Day holiday the FDA and the CDC both stated uh, for the the administration to basically cool their jets on this whole thing about the booster because they don't know what the booster is going to do. So, again, we're in unknown charted waters here. We were all hoping we could get past this, and eventually we will, and the curve will go down. And, you know, as people are, and people are getting sick with COVID, we know that right now. I have friends that are sick with COVID, and they're getting over it. And there are people being hospitalized with it. But it's not just the unvaccinated. The truth is, and we've we got people in contact all across the state. The one thing, when you're a grassroots public policy organization, you're a political candidate, you get to talk to a lot of people. And so you you can do your own findings just by talking to people who are in, in, even in the medical profession. And so we know who's in the hospitals for the most part. We know uh, what people are going through. And there are people that have been vaccinated that are getting covid and then again, hopefully and prayerfully, we can get through this, but we need to have an adult conversation. We don't need the heavy hand of government like an iron fist coming down and saying, "You will take this or else." I mean, that's not who we are as an American republic and again, I'm not an anti-vax guy i've I've gotten all my vaccines as a kid, and I even got a booster a few years ago, a tetanus booster when I had a leg injury up there on vacation in New England. So not opposed to vaccines the The problem is. This one's experimental. It's, it, it's it, unknown territory, and there's plenty of complications. And you don't need findings on the Internet for that. You just talk and sample your family members who are willing to talk about it and say, yeah, you know, I did have some residual effects after the vaccine, you know. And so and we know COVID's real. My whole immediate family got COVID. And it was serious, you know. It's like thankfully nobody was hospitalized, but, you know, it will throw you for a loop. And it's, it's a serious disease. And we know of people that have died from COVID. My mother died of COVID nursing home patient, last December. So it's all very real. We're all going through it together, but it's unfortunate we can't have an adult conversation over this thing, and it's been politicized to no end. Your thoughts on that?
5: Uh, you know, Chris, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry about the loss of your mom. That's um, a tough one. And, look, I'm I I've vaccinated, but this is a choice that I made in consultation with my doctor. And you're absolutely right. This is, you know, we talked about people who object to getting the vaccine for religious reasons, for other personal health reasons. This is fundamentally about people's liberty and freedom. And uh, this is so paramount to our country. It is the foundation of the United States of America to have our personal liberties and freedoms. And we need someone in the United States Senate who understands that and who will fight for our liberties and freedoms. And as you know, I've been in... The trenches fighting for our liberty and freedom, and Joe Biden and the Democrats are abusing their power. We see it daily, and this is yet another example of the abuse of power. You see it when they don't like the uh, the decision by the Supreme Court on the. Uh, The Texas case, most recently, what do they do? They decide they want to push again to pack the Supreme Court. These are attacks on our religious liberty and our freedoms. And we need people who are going to stand up and push back. Uh, I hear from people all across Ohio, they're very concerned and alarmed by what you call the heavy hand of Joe Biden. And as I said, he's not a king, he's accountable to the people. And, you know, the Democrats. They're continuing to grab for more and more power and abuse our liberties. Uh, if if people want to get vaccinated, they should do so within consultation with their doctor, but it should not be mandated by the federal government.
1: There's information that is coming out. Uh, Woodward has written a book, and he reveals in that book that uh, General Miley uh, actually had conversations behind the scenes with his Chinese counterpart during the Trump administration. Now, again, this is yet to be totally verified, but it looks as if it is actually true. There are many that are calling for General Miley, who is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. He's the top general. Uh, And that's, you know, some are calling it treasonous activity and, at a minimum, needing to be court-martialed. This is breaking news. We know in the last 24 hours your thoughts on that. You were a big supporter of President Trump, And the man seemed to be undermined everywhere he went, and then now to see that even in his own military was uh, attempting to uh, basically en route the president, President Trump we're speaking of. What's your thoughts on that?
5: Well, if these reports are true, um, you know, uh, General Milley uh, uh, should uh, be removed from his command and court-martialed, as you say. Uh, we have civilian control of our military in this country, and uh, President Trump uh, was the commander-in-chief uh, this is, again, uh, you know, where the Democrats, because they think they know best, and General Milley probably thought, well, he's not accountable to the commander-in-chief can make his own decisions. Uh, if, these in, if these investigations are, prove true uh, and that he should be fully investigated by Congress, I would be fully supportive of that. He needs to go if this is, in fact, true.
1: Uh, You referenced the southern border a little earlier in the program, and this has been a great cause of concern during the uh, Biden administration as the southern border just seems to be wide open uh, and the the numbers are coming in from just last month alone, and there's been just unbelievable amounts of illegals pouring over the border. Your thoughts on the uh, border crisis that's uh, been exacerbated by the Biden administration's policies?
5: Sure. Well, Chris, we just got new numbers for the month of August, uh, 208,000 illegal immigrants uh, crossing the southern border for the month of August. That's uh, about the size of Dayton and Canton combined. Wow. Uh, this is a major crisis that Joe Biden, of his creation, President Trump had it absolutely right. We needed to secure the border uh, because it's about our sovereignty, but most importantly, it's about drugs and human trafficking, uh, that it They are both coming across our southern border and affecting our communities right here in Ohio. We had record overdoses in Ohio last year. It's not being talked about enough. This is, again, the feckless policies of Joe Biden. Uh, They uh, are continuing to... have no real plan at the southern border and ignore what's happening Uh, at the peril of uh, Americans. And with what's happened in Afghanistan, where we now have a hotbed of terrorism, we now have a porous open border, leaving our country less safe. We need someone who's going to stand up and push back against these disastrous policies the Democrats. It is enough. The American people have had enough. It's only been nine months, but it is enough. We need to take our country back. We need to take the Senate back. We need people like me who are gonna stand up and fight for our country.
0: Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity.
1: Trust Blue we are talking with Jane Kimkin. She is a candidate for the U.S. Senate, which will become official when the papers are filed in January. And this is the U.S. Senate race of 2022, which is coming very quickly. Uh, and, Jane, uh, how can folks uh, follow you in your campaign? I'm looking at your website. Is that com? That's
5: right, JaneKimkinForOhio.com. Uh, join the campaign. We are the grassroots America first uh, uh, candidacy. We're in this fight for Ohio, to put Ohio first and America first. As I said, I've been the one that uh, knows Ohio's families and our values, and I'm going to take that fight to the U.S. Senate. And Chris, I just wanted to add one other thing. I just wrote an op-ed uh, about my alma mater, Harvard. Uh, they uh, elected their lead chaplain is an avowed atheist. This is an example of the woke agenda gone amok. This is an institution that was founded by Puritans to educate uh, the the religious education of their ministers, and now the fact that they have a lead chaplain, chaplain, not, you know, that is the word that they are using. They appointed an atheist. I saw that. It is unbelievable what's happening to our country. This is another example uh, on our attack on our religious freedoms. We need to be able to worship as we please. And when we have institutions like my alma mater, Harvard, uh, you know, bowing to wokeism and appointing an atheist as their chaplain, the world has gone mad. And we need people who are going to stand up for our religious freedoms.
1: Absolutely, well said. Thank you, Jane, for being with us today and we'll have you back again as the campaign gets closer and if you want to be following jane Timpkin for ohio.com that's the website you can sign up for email alerts from the campaign as well we encourage you to do that with all the candidates and there'll be candidate forums upcoming where you'll be able to hear all the candidates that are running for office jane again god bless you and thank you for joining us today
5: god bless you chris thank you thank
0: you